A blessed Lord's Day to you and Mac family and friends. Welcome to our online worship service. I hope that no matter what you may be feeling today, we can still be comforted before the presence of our awesome God. Just like what our opening song tells us, there is none like Him. There is no one else like our God. No one can touch our heart like He does. And even if we search throughout eternity, we will never find someone like God. And that is why He alone deserves our praise. And my family, let's worship our Almighty God together.
A blessed Lord's Day to you, brothers and sisters in the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. How are you coping up with the effects of the pandemic? How are you doing physically, emotionally, and spiritually? I hope that through God's message for us today, we will be able to address these concerns through our God-given roles for one another's sake. Did you know that there's a such thing called a fight club? They are professionals who meet together in basements to fight one another with their fists, chairs, sticks, even toilet seats and other items that they can find around their house. When asked why they fight, one said that, you know, we are the middle children of history. No purpose, no place. We have no great war or great depression. Only fighting and getting hit can make you really feel alive and recover your purpose. So this is actually real fighting that it even inspired a book and a film. Though the film is not recommended for its content, but the book Fight Club by Chuck Palahniuk does show the struggle of people trying to recover their identity in a media-influenced world. So it's a reality that there are people today who are lost in their identity. According to Jonathan Dodson, author of Gospel-Centered Discipleship, people are raised by social media to believe that they can find their identity by being millionaires, influencers, famous. But in actuality, they won't. So as Christians, we are also tempted to believe in these empty promises and put pressures and expectations on ourselves. We are tempted to think that if we had a little bit of money, power, fame, respect, beauty, influence, or success, then we would truly be happy. So left on our own, we can be easily influenced by the patterns of the world. While fight clubs are where people meet together to recover their identity in the world, the church has small groups, support groups, that have become a place where people can go to and meet to find or recover their identity by confessing their same struggles and battles against their fleshly desires through a community. So small groups, they are not a place where we fight each other, but we battle sin and temptation together. It is a place where we can discover or recover our true identity in Christ. So having said this, we will look into God's Word as we continue with our theme this year, Discipling the Nations, Finishing the Mission, and see the importance of small group discipleship, and see why each one of us should be part of one. God is calling us to redeem this communal role of the church. He is calling us out of our depressive, self-centered lives into the rewarding fight of faith by building up one another. So this is our main question for God's message to us. What is small group discipleship and why do I need to join one? And here's our main idea. We meet regularly in order to fight each other, to help each other fight against our fleshy desires and help each other grow spiritually. We meet regularly in order to help each other fight against our fleshy desires and help each other grow spiritually. So before we go into God's Word, I would like to ask some of us a question, especially to those who have been part of a small group already. 
So what difference did it make when you do your devotions and pray on your own versus the time that you joined a small group? Did you find any difference? Was there more consistency, death, and growth? Was there more awareness of sins and struggles in your life? Though the term small group is not found in the Bible, let's take a look at some of the key passages that encourage us to meet together and how it is beneficial to us. So please open with me first to Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47, and we'll take a look at Hebrews chapter 10, verses 22 to 25. So Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together, and all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings, and distributing the proceeds to all, as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Let's now turn to Hebrews chapter 10, verses 22 to 25. Verse 22, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. May God bless the reading of his word. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Our loving Heavenly Father, we come before your throne of grace to worship you, filled with hearts of gratitude for this great privilege we have in Christ. Through Jesus, we know that our worship to you and our lives as living sacrifices will be acceptable to you. Thank you, Father, for your mercies that are new every morning that makes us declare our praises to you and you alone who is worthy. We praise you for calling us your children and uniting us in the Spirit. We continue to look to you as our source of daily bread and living water. You bless us bountifully by providing for our daily needs, health, protection, and even our spiritual needs through the work of the Holy Spirit day by day. Lord, we ask that you continue to extend your mercy to our members who are sick. May you be their source of comfort and joy. We pray that your healing power will make them well again. We also pray for our members who are in need of help, whether it be financial, emotional, or spiritual. Lord, may you continue to provide for the things they lack. And when these needs are fulfilled, open their eyes that they may see your hand, your presence constantly active and present in each one of their lives. Teach us also, Lord, to have patience for your plans for us. As a church, we ask for your forgiveness for the sins we committed the past week. We confess for the times we acted, spoke, 
and thought in the ways of the flesh. If we have any hatred towards someone or have offended someone, help us, Lord, to mend our relationships through the leading of the Holy Spirit. Thank you that through Christ we have the assurance of forgiveness of our sins. Help us to walk in step with the Spirit and not any more of the flesh. Once again, Lord, we are eager to hear from your voice again. It is truly a great blessing to hear from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Holy Spirit, open our hearts and minds to receive and understand the message today and help us to apply it by seeing its importance. In Christ's name we pray, Amen. First, we are going to answer the question, why a small group? Why a small group? So we can observe that Jesus spent much of his time and put in much of his efforts on 12 people. So if our master only focused on 12, it tells us that it's challenging to intently disciple many people at the same time. I would even say that 12 is already a big number, which we may realize later on. We can also observe in the Gospels how difficult it was to teach the 12 disciples. Like what I mentioned last month, the disciples did not understand what Jesus said concerning his death and resurrection in Mark chapter 8, 31 to 33 and Mark 9, 30 to 32. Also, they did not understand the parables Jesus spoke, such as in Mark 4, verse 10 and 13. We see here that Jesus is not the problem, but the problem lies in the hearts of the disciples. It is challenging to have a big number in a group because each person is unique and has his or her own upbringings and personalities that shape the way they accept and respond to things. And that is evident in Jesus' disciples. You may be able to observe this in your own group, that some are more teachable than others. Some are more responsive than others. Some are growing faster than others. Nevertheless, in the end, all of Jesus' disciples, of course, except the one who betrayed him, fulfilled their roles as an authentic follower of Jesus who led and trained others for Christ. So remember this, brothers and sisters in the Lord. Christian discipleship is intentional. Disciple, disciple in its root definition, mantano, it means to learn. So a disciple keeps on learning. It does not only happen within the worship service hours of NMEC. It does not only happen during the times you meet in the different function rooms of the church or at present during your Zoom meetings. Discipleship is not only when you are in the mood for it, but it should be intentional to help those who are entrusted to us to follow Jesus, that they will be trained to make others follow Jesus as well. So as you have heard from our past messages, discipleship is life to life. It is a relationship in which we seek to help others grow spiritually by initiating, teaching, correcting, modeling, loving, humbling, counseling, and influencing. So having spoken about intentionality, toward how many people can you give your time and effort? According to Dodson, if you are just one, we cannot disciple everyone. We only have so much in the week. We have our own work or studies. We have to take care and spend time with family, do errands, do chores. We have to deal with our own struggles. 
we may have multiple ministries, how much time is left for us to be intentional for other people? That's why it is ideal to have small groups for discipleship purposes that it will eventually give birth to other small groups through the people you build under you. So we can observe this in our passage found in Acts 2, 46 to 47. After Peter's great sermon on Pentecost, the 3,000 believers were baptized into the church, Acts 2.41. And what were some of the things they did? They worshipped together in the temple, and they broke bread together in their homes. So we can see that they would meet as a Christian community in which we see similarities today. And is it, it that some of us have been doing these things? Aside from worshipping together on Sundays, we meet in groups to share our resources, like food, and welcome others to our homes and study God's Word together. Let's check Acts 5, verse 42. And every day in the temple and house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. So we see intentionality here to learn more about the gospel and reflecting on the apostles' teachings. And through this means, the Lord added to their numbers, day by day, those who are being saved. Not only that, they were maturing in their faith as well. Again, it is ideal to keep the group small because, according to Dodson, our Lord Jesus Christ modeled it and the disciples practiced it along with the early church. It is ideal because you only have limited time and discipleship requires intentionality. It is life to life. It is investing time and efforts to help others grow spiritually. So if the group you are leading today is growing by the grace of God and you are not able to invest time in some people already, it may be time to raise up a new leader and form another group. You may further guide and disciple the assigned leaders. Keep it small because our main focus is the spiritual growth of God's people entrusted to us. So how have you been intentional to help your mentees mature in the faith? Having answered the first question, why a small group, we now go to our second question, why is small group discipleship important? So we observe in our first point that it helps each one to grow spiritually. For our second point, we will see all the more what small group discipleship can help us with, such as our daily struggles with sin, how it guards us from the patterns of the world, and how it keeps our focus on Christ by eagerly and anticipating His return. With this, I desire for you to meet a certain group of people who live 50 miles by road southwest of Thessalonica, and they are the Bereans. And their account is found in Acts 17, verses 10 to 12. Why don't we open there to meet them? Acts 17, verses 10 to 12. The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Many of them therefore believed, with not a few Greek women of high standing as well 
as men. So Paul and Silas were forced to witness in the small city of Berea because of the Jews in Thessalonica who were stirring up trouble. Verse 11 mentions the Bereans to be more noble, which means that they exhibit a noble behavior by being open-minded, fair, and thoughtful, unlike the Thessalonians. Luke saw the Bereans as more noble because they received Paul's message with all eagerness, and they were not close-minded, unlike the other Jews. But they did not stop by simply receiving Paul's message. Since the gospel was new to their ears, they examined the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. They diligently looked into the written words of the Old Testament, and having observed the consistency of what the Old Testament spoke of Jesus and what Paul spoke in verse 12, we observe that many of them therefore believed both men and women. So we can see here by observing this activity, Luke is encouraging the examination or searching of scripture to check if such teachings are aligned with God's word. And this is a very important practice today that we should be doing individually and corporately. And then share and remind each other as a group for us to not conform to the wrong teachings and lifestyle of the world. There are people today who are easily influenced by how the world thinks. So allow me to share to you two examples through a survey conducted in evangelical churches in America and how the world is influencing the church. The first, here's a statement. Everyone sins a little, but most people are good by nature. 19% strongly agree while only 34% disagree with this statement. The rest is, I don't know. But we know what the Bible teaches us, that Adam's sin is affected, affected the humankind, and by nature, we are sinners. Just take a look at Romans chapter 3, verse 10. The Bible says, none is righteous. No, not one. And Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's how Adam's sin affected the entire humankind. But what will the world tell you? The world will tell you that you're a good person, which is contradicting to the Bible and before a holy God. I'll share one more example. Here's the statement. The Bible is 100% accurate in all that it teaches. Only 29% strongly agree, while 25% strongly disagree. We know that the world is rejecting the teachings of the Bible, especially on current issues such as on abortion and people being sinners. So it's no surprise that some compromise the infallibility of the scriptures for these lies. So what do you think will happen without deep knowledge of God's word? What will happen to Christians without deep knowledge of God's word? We can easily believe these harmless facts, like the Galatians whom Paul rebuked. Today, the world says, for as long as it isn't harmful, your opinions, beliefs, ideas can be accepted. However, what if it is harmful for your spiritual life? How will we know it 
if we do not study and search the scripture or have people who share the same biblical views and standards with us. We are living in times when the world's influence is strong through social media and what the media is portraying in television, newspapers, and magazines. As long as it seems good and harmless, people accept it. So, we need to adapt the character of the Bereans by not only being open-minded and fair, but they studied the scriptures together in order to be consistent with its teachings. So as a group, it is a way for us to not conform to the patterns of the world. And as you meet, encourage each other to read and study the Bible. Let me add more to this, how small group discipleship is important. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 to 14. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 to 14. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. So the background of this chapter is Jesus greater than Moses and also depicts a background of the rebellion. So just like the rebellion, it caused many to turn away from Moses and his teachings. There will also be those whose hardened hearts may cause others to turn away from the living God. The author of Hebrews urges us to take care and not forsake the gospel. So in contrast to this danger, the author encourages personal commitment by taking care and to call on the church to walk together in mutual encouragement. We are to exhort one another to remain in Christ because there will be those who may influence us to doubt and turn away from God. We need the encouragement of fellow believers to help us remain strong and encourage us to walk in step with the Spirit as we battle with sin. And what did the author say in how we should exhort one another? It's every day for as long as it is today because our struggles with sin and unbelievers is a daily and constant struggle. If, if it was that bad for the people to rebel against Moses and forfeit the promised land, what more if you reject Jesus who is greater than Moses. That's why our urging and our encouragement should be daily for as long as it is today. So are we fulfilling this communal role as a church? So let's now turn to Hebrews 10 verses 22 to 25 for our other sermon passage. So here we can observe three exhortations from the author for the reminder of our full assurance of our faith. Let us draw near with a true heart and in full assurance of faith in Jesus. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope and let us consider how to stir up one another. So these are three strong exhortations because the church was facing great persecution and imprisonment. People were abandoning their faith and walking away from Jesus. 
That's why a major theme throughout Hebrews is the challenge to the readers to remain faithful to Jesus. So why were there those who were abandoning their faith and walking away from Jesus? A hint is given in verse 25. Because there are some who have the habit, I would say bad habit, of neglecting to meet together. And this is a warning from the author. Though the Holy Spirit empowers us to persevere in hostile situations, Christian perseverance is also a community endeavor. So some were neglecting this duty of meeting together, that they remain stagnant in their faith, and having no support system, they easily drew away from their assurance. They let go of their confession of hope, and they easily walked away from Jesus. Therefore, it is very important that we meet together as a church to redeem if we have lost it or to continue to fulfill our communal role to stir up one another to love and in service to God for the salvation He gave in Christ. And in verse 25b, for us to be ready by anticipating and eager to the coming day of Christ's return and judgment. So only those who hate the patterns of the world look forward to Jesus' return, having full confidence and assurance in what He has done for us. Again, small group discipleship is important because it helps us to grow spiritually. It also helps us to be aware of our daily struggles with sin. It guards us from the patterns of the world, and it keeps our focus on Christ by eagerly and anticipating His return. So do you experience drawing closer to Christ and ready to face trials and sufferings head-on for the sake of Christ? Having heard these things from the Word of God today, I now encourage you to join a small group today if you are not yet part of one. If you are already part of a group, please continue to join the group God placed you in, not for your pastors or leaders to be happy, but this is for your sake that you may continue to persevere in the faith and stand firm for the truth of God's word. So as members, we must also exert intentionality to join and participate with our God-given group. That is why God called each one of us into the church we are the church and we need the church as our support system and finding our true identity in Christ. So when we are converted to Jesus, we are also converted into his church. And now the church serves as a new community, as the proof of his gospel to the world. So the Bible would often use the church as a human body, as a metaphor, that Christ is our head, Colossians 2.6. And the body is knit together with the ligaments, that of love and truth, producing a unified whole body. Ephesians 4, Colossians 3. We, the body, speak the truth in love to one another, forgive and forbear with one another, teach and admonish one another in wisdom. We are not called to be individual disciples, but as a community that reflects God's glory through accountability and dependence on one another. As Christians, we were never called to isolation, for we can quickly become a charcoal that has gone cold. 
We need accountability every now and then, even myself as a pastor. So in closing, let me share a story of a man and how small group discipleship helped him to be who he is today. His name is Hayden, and he was invited by a friend to a church during his daughter's birthday party. Skeptical but interested, he joined the church and quickly learned that there was something different about this church. They cared for one another and for their city. Eventually, he joined a fight club, which the church used as a term for their small groups. He began meeting with two other disciples who were serious about fighting sin, enjoying God, living in a community, and serving the city. So Hayden started to share about his struggles to others that he realized a significant change in him. It was through these relationships, through being the church, that he discovered the power of the gospel. He came to understand that the gospel of grace wasn't just something that makes you a disciple. It matures you as a disciple. He understood that the gospel frees imperfect people to cling to a perfect Christ, which changes everything. He began to grow in his understanding of theology, community, and mission. And through these relationships, via a small group and a church, he rediscovered the power of the gospel and the preciousness of Christ. So allow me to quote an experience that he wrote. The gospel is more than a one-time event that saved me. I have learned and continue to learn that the gospel is something I need every minute of every day. It changes me as a husband, a father, a friend, an employee, a manager, everything, every day. Brothers and sisters in the Lord, that is the communal role of every church. Like fight clubs, small groups, support groups become a place where people can go to and meet to find their identity or to recover their identity by confessing their same struggles and battles against their fleshly desires through a community. It is a place where we can discover or recover our true identity in Christ. So again, small group discipleship is important because it helps each one of us to grow spiritually. It helps us to be aware of our daily struggles with sin. It guards us from the patterns of the world and it keeps our focus on Christ by eagerly and anticipating His return. So it's a joy and blessing that through small group discipleship, there are church members who remain active and growing in God's Word amidst a pandemic. So join a small group today, and may you likewise experience the power of the gospel in everything and every day. May God bless you through the preaching of His Word.
close with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word today that reminds us of the importance of meeting together. Thank you, Lord, for providing us with people who care and look after us, not only spiritually, but even in our other needs. It is true that we often struggle with our fleshy desires, and we quickly get distracted from our focus on you. Yet, you gifted us the Holy Spirit to empower and help us, and you even gave us brothers and sisters in the Lord to guide us as well. Lord, may your word move us to continue to consistently join our groups. If there are those who have been neglecting to participate in their group, Lord, as your word has shown to us the importance of meeting together, which is really for our good, may you touch their hearts that they may be able to fight their battles again versus sin and progress in their walk with Jesus, that they may also be reminded that they are not alone, for you have also gifted them with the Holy Spirit and a community in church to be with them. As we start a new week, Lord, may you continue to renew us in all that we think, say, and do, that it may bring glory to your name. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please stay tuned for some announcements. Again, we have small groups that meet every week. If you're interested to join, kindly contact any member of the pastoral team and we will be more than happy to connect you to a group. Bong Un Seniors Ministry is now online and they will have their Bible study every Wednesday from 9.30 to 10.30 a.m. Please contact Pastor Fibiu if you wish to join. Next, if you have family members, relatives, or friends who are in need of counseling, kindly visit our Facebook page, facebook.com slash hope for counseling schedules. You may also get in touch with Pastor Jean Chan. Next, if you have, if you have kids from ages 4 to 12 years old, we have our NMEC Kids Worship online every Sunday at 10 a.m. via Zoom. For further details and registration for first-time attendees, kindly check our Facebook page. Also, if you have friends or family members ages 13 to 25, we have our Engage Youth Fellowship that meets every Saturday at 3 p.m. via Zoom. You may contact me if you wish to join. If you have family or friends who are interested to listen to God's Word in the Mandarin language, we have prayer meeting, Bible study, and Sunday service weekly in the Mandarin language. And lastly, if you wish to know more about New Millennium Evangelical Church, we have our Facebook page, website, and YouTube channel. Thank you for worshiping with us again. May you have a blessed week ahead. We hope to see you next week. God bless you.